gosh, since you gave me a standing ovation, does that mean we can leave? Are we done? <laughs> Beware of what you do, right? <laughs> well, it's so good to be here and meet you all. I have been so excited since Robert told me about meeting Jim and Mary at a different conference, and I didn't have the privilege of being there. But Robert, whenever we'd talk, he would just start recounting to me the, the sermon messages that Jim was delivering. And he was just so excited. My husband's a real strong teacher, and he's, he's a great learner, but he went on and on about Jim. And so it was just really good to be able to finally meet them. Yeah, why are you all laughing about that? <laughs> so anyway, so it's so great to be here. And um, let's just pause for a second. Lord, we are just, God, you're so good. You are so good. And Jesus, we praise you that your mercies are new every morning. Lord, I thank you that we are not defined by our past, God. Lord, I thank you that you see us in our future. And so we give you glory, King. Lord, I know people have come from difficult weeks and different challenges, Lord, and they're sowing their time right now. And Lord, I know you honor that. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for giving ears to hear. I thank you, Lord, for eyes to see. And God, I thank you that we will see you in a new way, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that that old um, views of you will be shattered this weekend. And Lord, I'm just seeing many be able to pick up their sword, pick up their staff, pick up whatever it is that you've entrusted to them, and boldly and confidently, sequentially take those steps forward. And so we praise you, Jesus. We praise you that the, for the shift that's coming to this community. We thank you for the foundation that's being sown, in it to, sown into it, Lord. And we give you all the praise and glory. God, we just want to make your name known. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so tonight, I'm just going to dive right in, okay? Tonight, we're going to take a look at something that's going to prepare you to move forward with your dreams, with your visions, with the things that God has instilled in your heart. Now, I want you to stop right now. What has he put in your heart? What, what is that thing or those things? Because I want you to have that in mind as we go through tonight. Does everyone have that? Maybe it's pieces of prophetic words, something else that you've just wanted to do since you were in kindergarten or something like that. But it's been bubbling up, and sometimes what we need more than anything is some practical know-how to move forward. But before we can move forward, sometimes we've got to clean up the past, and we've got to have a good toolkit in our hands so that when you move forward and experience disappointments and things that don't go your way, you are well-equipped to overcome overcome quickly and actually be better for whatever disappointment you experience. Does that sound like something that would be helpful? Now, I believe in inner healing. I've done inner healing. I believe in de deliverance, and I know y'all have a great ministry here with that, and that is great. Today, I'm going to get into something that's a little bit more practical to help us to shift, because sometimes we can get through the fire have you ever had any a fire situation and this catastrophe happens in your life? But have you ever noticed that your life can get put together, but then you still smell like smoke? Okay? 
Yeah, so what we've got is we've got something that happened in the past, and you're trying to move towards your future, and you get stuck. <laughs> you can only have two feet in different places for so long. And so what happens is you end up repeating cycles and patterns because you never fully got unstuck from that old place. And, and is this making sense? Is this okay? Okay. And we all have those things in our life. Now, the church has been really good. Uh, at least in recent years, we're growing in inner healing and deliverance and looking at the childhood issues. But we've not done a very good job of looking at the things from our adult life that affected us, that disappointed us. And all of those things left marks in our brain and we form neural pathways, belief systems, and usually those belief systems are so subconscious that we don't even know what they are. But the minute we start to move in a new direction and encounter some fear and have to do things we've never done before, the minute we do that, that subconscious reels up and says, don't go there. Because your subconscious is wired to keep you safe. It's its purpose. So what we've not done in the church is we've not looked at what do we need to do when we transform our mind, that we're transforming the whole mind, which includes our subconscious mind, because 90, well, different statistics say different things, but I'll go with 95%. 95% of our life is lived out of our subconscious brain. It's not what you think you're living out of. You think you've got this vision and this dream and you're moving forward, but your subconscious has a whole nother plan for you. No, I'm going to keep you safe. We're going to stay back here. And so over and over and over, you try to step out, you try to do the new thing, and you feel pulled back, and you don't understand why. And then the enemy wants to come in, condemn you, shame you, you're bad, or you're always looking for another prophetic word. Oh, this is my breakthrough, right? Just go on any, on any prophetic list, and okay, today is my breakthrough. Okay, that really didn't happen, so then it's next week. Well, this is my breakthrough week, because such and such a prophet said that, okay? And you start to live by all this puff, where there's no substance to it, because you have to yet do the hard work and go back and say, what's my subconscious mind doing? What's it telling me? And how can I free myself of that? I've got to take responsibility, and I can't rely on some prophetic word for having a breakthrough. God is maturing us as a church, and we are never, ever, 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 ever to depend on breakthrough all the time as our way of life. If we need a breakthrough all the time, it means we're not doing something right. So, <laughs> so, so I'm here as a... Is a prophet saying, no, let's, let's not talk about the prophetic. Let's talk about, about the hard work that you need to do. Okay, so let me just stop here in a second and say this. I honor you as a community. I honor you because you're being bold, you're being daring, and you're saying, hey, we went after the spiritual gifts. We went after healing. We went after deliverance. We went after raising the dead. You know, I said to our home church, and they're very much like this group here, and I said, yeah, they've raised 17 people from the dead. And they went, and so you've gone after these things. 
But if you're going to move into the new, if you're going to move into the more, all of those things were your floor. They were never your ceiling. Those all were given to us in Christ. So that's just expected. You're a baby believer. That's okay. There's this dead person over here. Go raise them. And, 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 or this person needs to be healed, or this person needs the word of God. So that's our floor. That's our toolkit that empowers us to go out and change the world. In the systems of the world, through business, through causes, um, whatever it is the Lord puts on your heart. So let's just start with a bit of a foundation in where I'm going today. Um, nope, I'm going to read this. I asked the Lord, God, this message is on my heart. And I said, but is this even an appropriate message for this church? They're already walking in so much. And I thought, was I off to sense that this was a message that needed to be brought this weekend? And this is what I heard. Now, he's just talking here about the church as a whole. Okay, it's not just about you. But he said the problem with mo many in the church, the majority, is that they're still living in the past. Many have focused on childhood trauma, etc. But the problem... But that's only part of the problem. Many don't know how to see their future now. To see your future now. Hence, they continue to repeat patterns, often blaming the devil, when the real culprit is an unwillingness to let go. So we're not going to be a people that blames the devil, because that's a victim thinking, okay? We're not going there. We're taking personal responsibility. Oftentimes, we're in a wilderness because we sowed a seed a while back, and it wasn't a very good seed, and now we're reaping a harvest. So let's just take responsibility, okay, and stop blaming. But he, but he continued. He said, my mercies are new every morning, every morning. Great is my faithfulness. Why is my church looking back at their mistakes when I've already paid for their future? It's been taken care of. Why are my people stuck in the trash when I've designed them for greatness? Why are so few moving into what I have designed for each person, citing excuse after excuse? Ever been there? I have been there. I have been, I am preaching to myself tonight. There's an area of my life and I'm, everything I say is just coming back at me. It's just boomeranging. It's time for my people to be the fullness of Christ in them, not just talk about it. If you can't move confidently into your future, what was the purpose of the cross and the resurrection? I'm looking for a people who run after their future. Slips and slides don't matter to me, just keep moving. So I think that's permission from the, the Lord to go after our future. Okay, so let's move into... How to do that? How do we clean up the past and how do we have a tool to help us overcome missteps and disappointments along the way? Now we're going to get grounded in just one, uh, one passage of scripture. I just want you to know where this is all coming from. But I want to talk for a minute about the word hope. Who knows what the word hope means? Yes. Expectation. You're right. We don't need to go any further. That was the million dollar answer. I don't have a million dollars to give to you, but maybe, maybe next time. Okay, it means expectation. Now, there's numerous definitions for hope, or excuse me, numerous words for hope in the Hebrew and the Greek, but they all have expectation as their core. I want to share with you then, when you think of it, hope deferred makes the heart sick. What's it really saying? An expectation deferred makes the heart sick. 
Now, we in our nation use hope much differently. We'll say, well, I hope when I go to my favorite restaurant that um, they have the special I like. Or I hope I make it through the lights before it turns. Okay, so for us, hope is a wish, but it, you know, it's, it's not a do or die type of thing, okay? But in scripture, it's an expectation. It's something we rely on. So when we have an area of our life, something we expected to happen, and it didn't, what does the word say? Makes our heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is what? A tree of life. Or another version says, but a longing fulfilled, or a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So we've got an issue with our heart being sick when we have had disappointments and expectations that have not uh, been met. So think up through your life because you're going to be doing an exercise and I just want you to have the one thing that just comes to you uh, throughout tonight because we're going to do that, that, that short in a, in a little bit. But a d- disappointment could be something, an accident or a tragedy that happened. It could be uh, maybe your child was set to have a scholarship and you were thinking, man, I'm in the clear. <laughs> I don't have to worry about paying for college. And that, col- that scholarship never happened. Maybe you were pursuing a business deal with someone and the last minute it just got pulled from out, out from under you. Um, maybe, I know this church walks in a lot of healing, um, but maybe there was some health crises or something and you got through it. In fact, you could have gotten healed from it, but you know what? Your subconscious still remembers that disappointment of how it felt. It tracked that. It made neural pathways in your brain because of that. And so you've got a belief system working in you, and you don't even know it's operating. You think you're living by the word of God. You think you're doing everything you know to do, but there's this other thing that's pulling you back. So do y'all have some disappointments in your life that, that have come to mind? Okay? Okay. So another place in Scripture, and this is leading into what we're talking about, that uses the word, the Hebrew word, tikvah for hope, is in uh, Joshua 2.18, the story when the, Joshua sent the two spies into Jericho. They went in and had favor with the prostitute Rahab. They made a deal with her. And, and she said when she lets down this scarlet cord, that was the signal to all the men, don't attack this family. Do you know that cord is the same word for hope? or expectation it's a cord it's a tie so what we're going to be talking about tonight is how we can have a soul tie not with a person we all know that but with the disappointment with the situation itself Let me show you how I began to um, experience this. I was on a walk with the Lord one day, and I was compraying. Have you ever comprayed with the Lord before? Have you ever been taught that wonderful principle, complaining and praying? (laughs) I live in the South now, and so they use the word fussing. And so in the South, I could say I was pressing with the Lord. (laughs) So I'm compraying, and I'm compraying because we had two deals Um, that Robert was working on. Each were for a million dollars. Each were to benefit people, bless people. We've already decided how much is enough, so this wasn't about padding our coffers. 
But two different deals, and the last minute, they just vanished. Just vanished. I kept saying, is it, have, they, have they signed? Have they signed? No, we haven't heard from them. What's going on? I don't know. We're supposed to sign today. They just vanished. So fast forward a few months, and we're launching something. Guess how much we need? $2 million. So I'm praying with the Lord. And he said to me that, he said, I, how can I bless you in your future when you're tied to your past? He said, you have more faith in your past and what happened than in what I can do for your future. In other words, I was tied to an expectation, a disappointment, and I wasn't free of it. Another time, I was on a walk, come praying with the Lord. You see how spiritual I am, right? And um, I was frustrated. I had this, this former client. I, I served as a prophetic and strategic advisor for a number of years. And um, he got back in touch with me after some years. And they're kind of in a pickle. And I told him what the Lord was saying. And I knew, though, that he wasn't following through. And that wasn't like him. And so I got just kind of all balled up about that. Have you got balled up because someone's being disobedient? You know, and we're just really supposed to deliver the message, but I'm all balled up and I'm complaining. And the Lord said to me, you have a soul tie with that company's vision. The vision of the company, their kingdom mandate. He's saying, I had a soul tie too, and that's why I couldn't unhook. Is, is that not wild, a soul tie? Now, we want to honor our vision. We want to pursue it. But there is a point where we're tied to it. And if anything goes up or down with that vision, we go up and down with it. Okay? And so I was tied to that vision, not the person. And this was about five years earlier. And all this while, I had had a soul tie with that. So the Lord began to teach me how to break free from soul tie situations. Now, how many of you are familiar, you're familiar with soul ties with people? Yeah. Easy peasy for you. So we're not going to talk about that, but we are going to talk about how to break free from a situation, and it's a really similar process. So you've already gone down this path before. We're just blowing it up and expanding it to include more variables or more elements of that disappointment. Now, I have a picture. I've actually kind of gone through my slides. I forgot I had this PowerPoint. <laughs> it looks like wood. Uh, okay, so um, y'all know John Chris, the comedian? That's the verse. So these are different types of soul ties we can have. We can have them to a person, of course, to a vision, to opportunities. We actually can have a soul tie to an opportunity. So think of what an opportunity could be for you. What's your big dream? What's an opportunity that you would love and that you'd love to go, go after? We can have a tie to that. Connections, funding. I see a lot of business leaders get tied to a situation because they're, they're, they're tied. They have an expectation on certain connections coming in or certain funding coming in. And then it doesn't happen and they're devastated. And they can pick themselves up and keep moving. But that smoke is still on them and it affects them. Um, we can have a soul tie with strategies, technologies, decisions, disappointments. Now, you could add a whole lot of things on to here. There was one, let me just give you an example. There was um, one business leader, Robert and I, were 
getting to know some years ago, and every time we'd talk with him, talk about, yeah, well, we need to vet this person. We need to vet them. We need to vet them. I've, I've vetted this person. They're okay. And when he said it, it just disturbed my spirit. Because, yes, we do need to be due dil- uh, apply a due diligence to the people we consider to hire for anything, the people we work with. Yes, that's appropriate. We do it in the natural, and we do it by the spirit. But when he said it, there was a paranoia to it. And I didn't know the situation, but he had been in a lawsuit, and um, he started the lawsuit. Someone had not done what they said, so he thought, I'm going to take him to court. Lawsuit lasted, the process lasted four years, and he lost. So it takes him a while to get his, you know, um, feet under him again, you know, get his sea legs and all that sort of thing. Because that's obviously a big financial expenditure. It occupied his mind. And, and what happened, though, was he still smelled like smoke. So because he, he hadn't properly checked this guy out that he partnered with, now he was mapping that onto everything. I, I got to vet this person. I got to vet that pe- person. As if he's the judge and jury of everyone. Okay? So that's how a soul tie to a situation or a disappointment, it then affects how we carry out our future. You can't move into your future with a paranoia. It doesn't work. So this is what we end up looking like. <laughs> See this monkey with the bottle and his hand stuck in a jar. Now, do you know how to catch a monkey? You st- they, they have a cage that has a hole big enough for them to get their hand through. And then they grab a banana that's in the cage. But once they p- try to pull the banana out, it's too big for the hole. All they have to do is let go of the banana and they'd be free. But they don't let go of their precious banana. And so they stay stuck. The trappers come. Bye-bye, monkey. So today, you're going to learn how to let go of your precious banana. Because I guarantee you, everyone in here is stuck by something. And that's what we're going to unravel. Okay. Now we're just going to move in to the process, okay? So, you have a sheet of paper, you should have, that's got two columns on it. And this is what you do. At the top, you just write out just briefly the situation. Was it a lost scholarship? Was it a, you know, you didn't get selected for a job? Was it, um, you know, you lost a child? Was it... um, You know, that scholarship for your child didn't come through. What was the disappointment? You just put that on the top, and then you draw a line down the center. And the right side is called what you don't want. Really fancy title. And in the Greek, it says, it's what you don't want. (laughs) And over here, the column is what you do want. And that's the basis of the process. Now, I'm going to walk you through an example, um, and, all, and all you do is every, you look at the don't want column, and, and you think of that situation, every, what was everything bad about it? It could be some things about the person, some things that they didn't do right, character issues, um, just anything they messed up, okay? It could be about yourself. Have you ever been disappointed at yourself? Oh, had I only taken more time, I wouldn't have been in that car accident that day. Um, had I only been more discerning, I wouldn't have ended up in that situation with that, with that person. 
So we have areas with ourself where we're disappointed. So, okay, it can be about the person, yourself, but also the situation. What was it about the situation that was bad? And what you do is you brainstorm and you just write a list. You just write a list. You just let yourself go wild. You don't edit it. You don't judge it. Just get it out on paper, everything that was bad and ugly about that situation. Oops. Okay, so I'm going to go into a situation that uh, a colleague had. And um, the situation is this. Um, Alan is a guy who promised some connections. Have you ever had anyone promise, I'm, I'm going to connect you to this person? And you put your hope in that. I'm going I'm to connect you. Don't, take, don't worry about it. Um, maybe it's a worship gig. Maybe it's uh, some connection in the city government, and you're trying to um, do something with foster children or, or whatever it is, and, and they don't follow through. So anyway, Alan had a lot, promised a lot of connections that would make Ken's business successful. And Ken put his hope in Alan's connections, but they didn't come through. Alan dropped the ball. So that goes on the right side, column one. Alan also promised funding, but that didn't happen. So now, now Ken is left with his um, business guys pounding on his door, hey, when are we going to get this money in? And it's not in. His family's feeling the financial pressure. They can't get the home they want to get because Alan didn't come through with the funding. So now Ken's whole life is revolved around these failed promises. So that's something bad, okay? So you write that on column one. Now also, there are some spirits going on. Uh, Alan was operating in some manipulation and control. Write that down. I, this is Ken talking, I got strung along. That was a bad part of this whole situation. There was deception. Ken realizes, man, Alan was deceived and I got deceived. There was delusion. Some delusion of grandeur, okay? And then Ken said, I hoped in his word because I was desperate. And Ken realized that because he was so desperate, he was putting his hope in someone else. Now, we know the story of, um, oh boy, uh, help me, who had, who just had a, a brain, who had um, sex with the maidservant to have a, thank you. I knew it was simple, and I just forgot it. <laughs> okay, so, so what he did is he was desperate, Abraham was desperate, and so he had a plan to sleep with Hagar. Okay. So, so again, this is just all the bad stuff. So then Alan realized, or excuse me, Ken realizes I had idolatry. These connections and these funding opportunities had become idols in my life. And as a result, I couldn't see clearly. When we are so tied to something, it becomes an idol, be very, very aware. So he just brainstormed, okay? This was the activity. And then, oops, that's not going to work. My to go back this way and then what I what I what I'll have you do is if you take your brainstorm list and 
and you start categorizing those bullet items. Is one of these, do these bullet items require me to forgive someone or forgive myself? Do these bullet items, are they just, is it just bad and I just want to give it back to that whole time period in life? Okay, am I just giving it back? Or three, am I sending it back to the enemy source? Now, if you have, just think of a couple that has a breakup. Um, they decide they're going to go separate ways. And so they're going to, what's the first thing they do? Well, we're going to break up. So they get together and they swap their stuff. And he has her tennis racket. She has his CD. He has her sweater. And they get together. They arrange a meet and they swap stuff. Why do they do that? Pardon? Clean break. Clean break. And so there's no reason to get reattached again. They're trying to heal. So in these soul ties, what we're trying to do here is just, just categorize the bad stuff. Is it a forgiveness issue? Is this just a bad thing and I need to just give it back? Um, because I don't need it anymore. It's not mine. Or is it something that needs to be sent back to the enemy? Okay, so let's go forward again. And I'll show you how I categorized uh, Ken's situation. He said that we realized one th some things he could give back was the promised connections. Sure, he was supposed to have them, but they didn't happen. So get rid of them. Give them back. He can give back the promised funding. He can give back the fact that he got strung, strung along. You see, he doesn't want to carry that forward. So if you don't want to carry it forward, you want to give it back to that situation to free yourself so you can go forward. These are all the precious bananas that that monkey is holding on to. And sometimes in the church, we have this justice issue. Well, he should have paid me. Well, I should have been selected for that worship team. And we have our hand around this. It's their expectation. And we just got to let go of our precious banana or we're going to be stuck. Everywhere we go in life, yeah, that worship team leader didn't like me and they didn't accept me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show that worship leader, though, so sometime. Yeah, I'm going to get swept again somewhere else. A lot of church hopping happens just because when people are disgruntled, they don't know how to let go. And then they carry that issue forward and forward and forward. Now, if Kurt doesn't let go of these promised connections and this uh, funding or can, I always make up names for people. I try to keep them straight by letter. I knew it was a K and an A, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, but unless he gives these things up, he's going to be walking around like this, carrying a lead ball. So just give it back. Forgive. Oh, and also he was desperate. He doesn't want to bring desperation forward in his life. Because who's his provisioner? The Lord, not Alan. So he's going to give desperation back. Another way to think of it in, in sort of um, deliverance language, or in I renounce and reject this, that might be a language you're more familiar with. I'm going to just teach you a new language, Okay. So forgive um, himself of idolatry and getting strung along. What else? Forgive Alan for stringing him along. Now let's look what we can send back. Spirit of manipulation and control and deception and delusion. Now where am I getting that scripturally? There's a story of uh, Hezekiah and the king of Assyria uh, sent his commander and army to Hezekiah. Uh, the, the Assyrian army had already captured the 14 cities of Judah. 
They just they were sort of like the Midianites. They just came in and whoa, captured cities. And they came to uh, Hezekiah. This is in 2 Kings 18 and 19 and Isaiah 36 through 39. And they're threatening to attack him also. They're manipulating him, accusing him, saying all sorts of false things. And Hezekiah goes to the Lord and says, Lord, this is what they're saying. And he makes this just impassioned prayer to the Lord. And then he sends the men to the prophet Isaiah. Now, in Isaiah 37, Isaiah prophesies a number of things. One of the things he says to the king of Assyria is, by the way your arrows came, they will return. In other words, Isaiah prophesied a preemptive strike against the king of Assyria. And the arrows never came. He sent them back. He prophesied them back. And what happened was an angel came, or a messenger came to the commander of the Assyrian army, said, hey, you got to come over here. So he had to leave the scene. And a bunch of angels got dispatched and commissioned and annihilated him. And the whole situation went away. Now, we can talk all about all sorts of fancy ways of doing deliverance. But in this process, I make it real simple. In Jesus' name, I send you back. I send you back. It's really simple. This is a really pragmatic process. Something you can do with your teen. It's something you can do with a coworker. So that's why it's simple. Okay, so that was the, the, the what you don't want side. Now let's look at what he's taking back. He's taking back, I'm not desperate. God is my source for connections and funding. You see, he had to put a new stake in the ground of what was true. Jesus Christ, I'm taken back. Jesus Christ is on the throne of my life and business. You know, when we get stuck, sometimes it's just a lordship issue. And we just have to get on our knees and say, Jesus, you're Lord again. I'm getting off the throne. I'm taking this vision off the throne. I'm taking this con these connections off the throne. I'm taking this desire to get into this certain ministry school or go to th this certain country that's always been on my heart. I'm taking off the throne, and you're on the throne. He said, I I'm going to pace myself so that I can better discern in the future. You recognize, I'm just going too fast. You got connections, great. I'm going to align with you. Bad decision. Literally was in a cycle for how many, how long? A year? With this, with this, with this Allen guy. Over a year. The wrong person. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Um, and, and, and also, I'm going to have all of other people to help me discern. A lot of times, the connections we think meet every criteria in our mind. We have to begin discerning these more and more by the Holy Spirit. That can person have the gift mix, the experience, the credentials, the money, the connections, everything you think you need. And oftentimes, a person who looks like the best fit is not God's choice. And it's a, it, it, in my opinion, it's the number one reason why businesses and ministries and visions fail. And I'll talk about that tomorrow. It is such a big deal. Okay, so this is what, this is what um, Ken identifies. And so then, did I go back? Okay. So then this is the process. This is the prayer process. It's really simple. You're going back to the right side. 
And, and, and keep in mind now, we're talking about the situation. We're not praying to God. We're literally talking to the situation, okay? So, um, so the first step is to forgive whoever needs to be get forgiven, you, yourself, the other person. Two, you give back what needs to be given back. I'll demonstrate this. Three, you send back to the originating source, the enemy, whatever spirits got involved. Okay? Step four, you take back what you want to own going into your future. This is about leaving the trash in the past so you can become um, the greatness of who you are in Christ. And then, in Jesus' name, I bind and break the soul tie between this situation and myself. Um, and I apply the blood over every co place those cords attached, and I decree and declare that these cords cannot attach again. Because every one of those expectations that weren't met is, is a soul tie. It's a cord. Remember we talked about how um, hope is expectation, and it's the same word for that scarlet cord that Rahab let out of her um, window. And then you co-create power thoughts. This is where it gets at your subconscious regarding all these things that you're taking back. All the do-wants, okay? Now, I'm going to demonstrate this. We're going to practice it. We're going to go through a few examples so you can just, just relax. Okay, so in this situation with, um, with Alan, I'm trying to get out of the way so everyone can see. Um, again, you're not praying. You're not praying to the Lord. You're referring to the situation. So... Ken would say, Alan, in Jesus' name, I give you back all those connections you promised to me. I give you back the funding you promised to me. That was your promise. I'm giving it back to you. I give back to the situation that I got strung along. In other words, in my past, I got strung along. I'm giving that back. I'm giving back getting strung along. You know, see, you're just giving that back to the situation, okay? I'm giving back my desperation. That's not who I am. I'm giving that back. See, we're that couple who broke up, and, and they're exchanging stuff. That's all they're doing, okay? Um, in Jesus' name, I send back the spirit of manipulation and control. That's it. I don't want you doing anything more than that. This is so pragmatic. Let's keep it so simple. This isn't where you get your Holy Ghost on and you go stomp on things and you blow your shofar and all that stuff. I don't want you doing any of that. This is more about column two than anything, but I got to get you through column one or you're not going to be able to listen to column two, okay? I give back the spirit of deception and, and, and delusion. In Jesus' name, I take back that I am not desperate. God is my source for connections and funding. Jesus Christ, I take back that Jesus Christ is on the throne of my life and business. I take back that I'm going to slow down so that I can better discern in the future. And I take back that I'm going to involve others to help me discern. Do you see now you start getting some, you know, okay, I'm starting to become powerful again in Christ. I'm starting to get my mind renewed, and now I've got a new thing to focus on. I'm not focused on the past. My foot's not over there. My arm's not stuck. Okay? So you've done this swap, 
And then you say, in Jesus' name, I bind and break the soul tie between myself and the situation. I apply the blood, blood of Jesus where those cords attached, and I decree and declare they can never attach again. It's that simple. It's so simple. It's so powerful. I've taught this to fivefold ministry leaders. I've taught this to deliverance ministers. I've taught it to inner healing people and life coaches, all people that help people. And they've just been, huh, huh, you know, because the power is in column two. In identifying what you're taking back. Now, we're going to talk about how to transform the subconscious with column two. We're going to talk about that at the end. And that's going to be a section called power thoughts. But let's go through another example, okay? The one I gave you was a little bit more how I would do it. It's more my style, just kind of bullets, simple, um, just not a lot of words. You have in front of you a handout that's called a failed business opportunity. It's got two columns and bullets on both sides. Do you have that handout? Okay, good. Okay. Now, this is another process I did with a woman named Laurel, and she was connected to uh, a, a man, Jacob, in another business ministry situation, and, um, and it ended up not being such a great deal, and she wished she would have gotten out of that situation a lot sooner. So I already went through the process of um, categorizing column one, but what I tell people to just write down everything that was bad about it. Anything that frustrates you about yourself, the person, or the situation, I just have them brainstorm. Brainstorm. Don't edit it. Don't judge it. Don't start to think, is this a give back or a send back? Um, you know, don't, don't complicate it. You just want it in column one, okay? <laughs> it's really simple. So what I usually say to someone is take a few days or take a week. Get a sheet of paper, write two columns on it. Put don't want on the right and do want on the left. And over the next few days, when you have a thought, just put it down. Simple. This gives you, this, this gives you the opportunity to get it out of you. Okay? So um, Laurel is, it was a little more detailed, but she also had a little more time. So these are the things that um, she ended up wanting to give back. Jacob's promises to her, the opportunities Jacob was kept telling her, well, there's opportunities to partner with me. You know, there's always hope of something. Jacob's opinions of her. Have you ever uh, gotten bound up by someone's opinion of you? Well, that's not just. Oh, that's not who I am. It's their opinion. So what? Just give it back. Just give it back. See, we get, we get bound up by the justice of it. It was wrong. That wasn't the right thing to do. The Bible even says so. Just give it back. It's not yours. Why do you want to carry around like a cloud around you, someone else's opinion of you? Dang, I'm getting convicted. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Okay, so Jacob's judgment of her. She gives that back. He can judge her any way he wants. Jacob's judgment. Jacob's suggestions. Jacob's suggestions. Sometimes, think of it. Someone's been giving you input and suggestions, and you want to get free of that thing, give that back. Just give it back. It's of God. He'll get it to you another time, another way. Okay? 
So she gave back Jacob's, Jacob's expectations. Are there people have, you felt kind of burdened by the expectations they have in your life? Just give them back. Give them back. Being used. After about a year or so, she realized I'd been used. She gave back values that didn't align with hers. She doesn't want to carry those forward into her future. Those are his values, not hers. She's going to take back hers. She's going to own who she is. She's not going to be tied to that junk. Misalignment. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But she gives back that it was a misalignment with him. It wasn't the right type of relationship. They could have had a relationship, but not that type of one. She gave back that it was an unbalanced partnership. She gave back the attractive carrots that turned out to be nothing. She gave back, um, this is interesting, a perceived need for Jacob to be a gateway to connections, partnerships, resources, and exposure to a bigger audience. Ooh. That's a big one for the church. If you want to get somewhere and you put your hope in someone to get you there, there's so many stories of those promises never manifesting. Our hope is in the Lord. Someone promises something great, but don't tie, don't tie yourself to it. Okay, the perceived need for J- uh, Jacob's support and promotion. So she had this internal need. I need his support. I need him to validate what God's called me to. And so she gave that back. Being stalled. She recognized I've been stalled for all those months. I'm giving it back. I'm not taking being stalled into my future. I'm going to move into my future. Defilement and poisoned words. Just give it back. Well, that person really defiled me. You won't believe what that person said to me. We don't have to keep it. Distortion of truth. She gave back dishonor, blame, criticism, seeds of discord, miscommunication, suspicion, offense, and she gave back the feeling that there's something wrong with me. Do you see how broad column one is? It's, it's feelings, it's words, it's attitudes it's opportunities it's so broad that's why you can make it be whatever you want it to be you get to throw up on column one okay (laughs) just just throw up on it disruption being disrailed dependency misguided loyalty feeling uncomfortable just think of that The feeling of being uncomfortable. Something's wrong in this situation. I feel uncomfortable. I'm giving that back. Why you don't want to carry uncomfortability in your relationships in the future. Uh, False beliefs, woundedness, false guilt. And she needed to forgive herself and Jacob. And she realized she needed to send back the spirit of control, the spirit of rejection, accusation, and pride. Because all those things were operating. So, when I met with Laurel, she had her sheet together, we looked through it. I might help her to recategorize a few things, or if you're facilitating this, you might have a word of knowledge for someone. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not time to do an inner healing appointment. This is not what this is about, okay? 
don't go there. Don't go there. You'll, you'll actually convolute the whole thing because you're going to be back in column one. This is about getting free from column one. I'm not claiming this to be an inner healing process, but it's been used by many people for an inner healing process because it's simple. We're not trying to process everything. We're just getting rid of it. You know, sometimes I think we go through some things and it's, it's almost as if we, uh, if we go through an inner healing process, sometimes we're just remo- removing the furniture around in a house, you know, when we just got to get rid of it. And you can do deliverance with someone, but unless their mind is transformed, they will start to repeat those patterns. And then they think they need another deliverance appointment when really they need to learn how to renew their mind and how to get down to the subconscious level. Okay, so, okay, Laurel, talk to the situation in Jesus' name and just start giving back. And she did that. I give back Jacob's promises. I give back opportunities to partner with Jacob, etc. And she got down the list. A few other things came up that she gave back. She forgave herself. In Jesus' name, I forgive myself for da-da-da. And then... I told her to spoke to speak directly to Jacob. Jacob, I forgive you. I bless you. I honor you as one of God's creations. And it was the most powerful blessing of someone I had ever heard. It was so passionate and heartfelt and sincere. And she talked to Jacob in the spirit and gave him permission to grow and be the best that he is in God. Because when we have bad thoughts about someone or bad words, we're actually imprisoning them. The Lord told me um, some months ago, there's a particular denomination in the body of Christ. They're really known for the word. They've sent so many missionaries out. They've sent a lot of people out to unreached people groups. They have done so much good. And they've been rather... Um, blocked off to the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people, a lot of believers who eventually come into the Holy Spirit have had a bad experience with this group for that one reason. And the Lord showed me that he had a breakout, a revival of coming, Holy Spirit coming to this denomination. And we need those word teachers in the charismatic community. We need them. But the revival couldn't break out because the church had cursed and imprisoned that denomination by its words. Shame on us. So you don't want this person to be trapped and to be repeating that process, right? So her blessing of him and her forgiving of him freed him of her judgment so that God could do what God wanted to do. She was no longer going to entrap him by her opinions of him. Now, it didn't mean they needed to get back into business together and do the ministry things they were doing together. That didn't mean that needs to be. Forgiveness is granted. Trust is earned. Okay, there was no basis for, for trust to, be, uh, to reestablish that kind of working relationship. But there's freedom in that when we become for someone. And we begin not just forgiving them, but blessing them. Okay, and then in Jesus' name, she said, I send back the spirit of control, rejection, actions, accusation, and pride. See how simple, how pragmatic that is? Okay, then in Jesus' name, I take back. That I'm in the driver's seat of my life. Now, when she said that, she's referring to her and the Lord, okay? But she'd given up that driver's seat to someone else. Your, your columns can be reflective of your words. Don't be super spiritual. 
don't be, try to be spiritual. Just be real. Use gut-level words that connect with you. This is no time to pretend to be a Pharisee, okay? It doesn't work. She said, I'm taking back my ideas. In Jesus' name, I'm taking back my vision. She had a vision, too. She doesn't need to be tied to someone else's. I'm taking back being true to my values and how I'm going to do relationships in the future. I'm taking back proper focus and right time. You know, those are terms from my book that you'll hear tomorrow. I'm taking back self-belief, self-respect. Because you know what? When you've been strung along, you start to feel like a schmuck. You just do. I'm taking back my responsibility for my future. She's not denying Jesus in her life, but she had to up her role in her own life. I'm taking back knowing that I can. Wow. For a while, she didn't think she could because she thought she needed this other person. I'm taking back um, being part of a healthy community. I'm taking back proper alignment. I'm taking back my song. I love that. I'm taking back my song. I'm taking back the freedom of being who I'm created to be. I was trying to conform to something that didn't work. I'm taking back my song. So you can have a lot of fun with column two. I'm taking back mutually beneficial relationships, not just relationships that suck the blood out of me. I'm taking back the right to be me, the right to say no. Anyone ever need to just say no? If you're in leadership, you better be saying no. And if you're not in leadership, you also better be saying no. We're all called to be leaders. I'm taking back my peace, my confidence, the right to do what refreshes me. I'm taking back operating out of uh, power, uh, revelation. I'm taking back my power. I'm taking back wisdom. I'm taking back all that has been undermined or dismissed. I'm taking back who God says I am. I'm taking back hope, influence. I'm taking back, in Jesus' name, my life. Do you see the empowerment of that? Do you see the hope of that? The expectation of a future now and moving forward with strength and courage in Christ. And then she said, in Jesus' name, I bind and break the soul. I'll put that slide back up. But I bind and break the soul tie between myself and the situation. I applied the blood to where those cords attached. And I decree and declare they can't attach again. Hallelujah. Okay. Y'all ready to try it yourself? You ready? Everybody's like, can I, can I? Okay, so this is the deal. You're going to start. I'm going to walk you through it so we can just get through it in a good time. I just want you to brainstorm column one, everything that was bad and ugly. Don't edit it. Just get it down. And um, do you have, you need some too. Um, yes, question. Yeah, uh, uh, Sean, question. <laughs> He's got the mic so we can get on the recorder. A lot of this looks like basically a bunch of offenses that people have done against someone. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so when you're going through your deliverance or your soul tie breaking and all these things in the Sozo Ministries, for example, mm -hmm. okay, first of all, if you look at this list that you put, some of these things, there's no way I would have even thought of some of these things. So it's a time-consuming scenario. All right, so your my question would be, one, because you don't think of all these things 
when you're going through it. You're not going to be sort of, if you look at all this, broke free from all of it, right. per se. The w reason she had so much is she had a week, and then we had to extend it another, another week. But that's really good because it gets at more steps. So I understand what you're saying. How do I do something that's this lengthy in a, in a process like this? Well, that no, and my second question is when you're going through the sozo, for example, and you're asking, you're breaking the soul ties and you're breaking the offenses. In my own estimation, it was covered under the blood. Therefore, all those itemizations that you're talking about are good, but kind of like salvation, it's covered. How can I remember and think when I've already forgiven, I put them behind me, okay, and you know what I'm saying? So in the, like in my own life, there's way too many of them. So there's no way I'm going to remember all of them, not to mention itemize each one of them, so to speak. You get my drift? Yeah. Well, well how first you totally break free without the blood, just giving it to him, you know, on everything. Yeah, this is not so much, uh, yes, I have a deliverance element in here, but I haven't yet gotten to the secret sauce, which is in column two, which is transforming the subconscious mind. What this does is it helps people separate. This is, don't think of it so much as a spiritual process. I added that element in because we're sending some things back. But this is a pragmatic process. I'm giving back this stuff to the past. I'm taking these things forward with me. It's really pragmatic. If you don't like the detail now, remember the first example I gave about um, Alan and uh, Ken? And I just had about five or six bullets on the right side. That's how I am. I gave this example of Laurel because she's more verbal. She's very intrapersonal. She's interpersonal, so she's in touch with who she is, and she's a life coach, okay? So this is kind of her, her realm, and so that's what worked for her. This isn't about it having to look a certain way for a certain person. If you're a really pr pragmatic, left-brained person, it might be just a few bullets, but you know what? There's going to be an item in that take-back that's going to save your life and that's going to empower you for your future. So take this out of the spiritual context. I'm technically applying the blood just to make sure there's some things that are covered, okay? But it's about the pragmatism. This is about a breakup from an idea, uh, an opportunity, a disappointment. It's a breakup process. So get it out of the super spiritual realm, okay? You'll, you'll get, it'll get complicated. And you'll, if you're a facilitator of this process, you'll get too involved. I don't bind and break the soul tie. I tell them to. I tell them what to say. Repeat after me. <laughs> okay? I have them do the sending back. The role of the facilitator in this is really minimal. All you're doing is guiding them through a process, but do not get involved in their process. This is their breakup. They have to do this. So it's different from an inner healing or deliverance ministry. And I thank you for your question because it helps bring more clarity to what this is and what this isn't. Let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it clean. Let's not get super spiritual about it, okay? It's a breakup. And when I tell people about it, hey, I've got this really cool process. I didn't even have a name for it. I called it my two-column process. I mean, how lame is that? I said, Robert, I need a name. He always is my name person. And so it's the breaking free method. <laughs> but I say, hey, I've got this process. This is what I want you to do. You know how when a couple breaks up and they get together afterwards and they swap stuff? Why do they do that? Well, they don't want to see one another again. Exactly. They want a clean break, like you said. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give back all the bad stuff and take back all the good stuff. So I'm going to tell you this. Take a sheet of paper. Get out a sheet of paper right now. Draw a line down the middle. Label the right-hand column what you don't want. Label the left-hand column what you do want. Now brainstorm everything bad about what you don't want. 
And they'll start talking. If I'm on the phone, I'll be writing it with them. Okay, great. And then we'll go back and, okay, let's know, is there, now what are these things in here do you need to forgive, you know? Okay, what, do, what was just bad that you want to uh, give back? And then we'll identify what were the spirits involved. It's really simple. Okay, now let's go to the other side. What are you taking back? What's good? What's of Christ? What's in the word that's yours that you get to have because you're in him? And we do that. My role is really minimal. I'm just facilitating those things. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, so any other pressing question? Because we're going to have more time for questions and answers, but you might have more questions when you try to do it yourself. But is there anything that's pressing right now that I can answer for you? Yeah, we're going to get to the secret sauce at the very end. Yeah, that's, the, that's about the transforming the subconscious. Okay, but this is let's do it time. So uh, get out your sheet of paper, write down all the bad, ugly stuff on the right-hand side, and I'm going to tell you when to switch to the other side.
if you've already completed your list, then yes, go back. And you can just write an S next you need to send back, um, F next to what you need to forgive, and um, G for what you're giving back, or whatever you want to do, however you want to separate it. You can draw circles or on some and squares around others, just whatever makes sense to you. Right, but if you're, you'll, you'll, next step is we'll categorize of what's on this column. What is something that, is there a person that needs to be forgiven here? Okay, so then, then there's nothing, that's good. So then, is there, is there, are there any spirits that need to be sent back? Were there any spirits to, involved? You already did that. So then you're just looking at the send back, so it's simple for you. Good job. Yeah, if you've already forgiven, you don't need to do it again. you might not get through everything tonight that's okay um, so at least start categorizing your right side is this you know do you need to forgive this person or yourself if not if you've done that then you don't need to write that down but then distinguish between what you're sending back and um, which should be any demonic spirit that is involved and then what you're um, giving back so those three things send back give back and forgive I'll write those right here. Forgive, give back, and send back. Yes. I don't know where the mic is. Go ahead. I'll repeat it for you. Broken promise, yeah. Um, just anything that was icky about the situation. You know, this is, this is, if you say your kids, what was icky, you know, about today, you know? So it can be a feeling, an attitude. Um, sure, a send back is specifically if it's a demonic spirit. So if there is a spirit, and if you're just not sure about that, just leave, just leave that blank. You know, but sometimes we're really aware that, wow, there was really a spirit of control and manipulation operating in that person, and I didn't know it. So you want to get that spirit away from you. You don't give that back to the person. When we send a spirit back, we're sending it back to the demonic source that it came from. And thank you for your question. We, we're not sending it back to the person. We're sending it back to the source, okay? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You flunk. <laughs> uh, so that, that's why we distinguish between, because as I was doing this process, I was giving back, and I thought, why, why would I give back a spirit? No, we need to send that back. And so this is what you can do, too. One time years ago, the Lord said to me, you're playing too nice with the devil. And so I started to send things back with a tenfold impact. <laughs> why not? Make them pay. 
we're just striking the source of that, that demonic thing. We're not hitting the person. No, we're blessing the person. Yes. Sean. Okay, that was a lot of words for me. I could I disintegration. <laughs> yeah, there. You can do that. I'm just teaching you a process. Just just don't just don't go too funky on me now, okay? <laughs> the reason I keep it simple, you know why? Is because then anyone at any stage of maturity can do this. And if someone's not saved, I can teach them this process. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into all this, the send back stuff, all the demonic stuff, but I can help them break a soul tie. It's about keeping it simple. Okay, so then go to your, uh, your second column and start to identify what you're taking back. This is your... This year's your time to just play with all the power and blessings and riches you have in Christ. Don't try to be super spiritual. One person took back their dance with the word. Their dance with the word. She had um, thought she heard God say something about going overseas on a missions trip. And um, it was to Pakistan. And she um, thought she'd heard God say that um, he was going to take care of all of her funding needs. She needed about... 60,000 covered of her personal debt and I don't know 18,000 to get over on the treat, retreat and she thought God told her he was going to take care of it in all about all of about 10 or 15 days so she gave away everything she had moved in with her friend's parents and waited for uh, sent out the support letter and waited for the checks to come in they didn't come in that's a pretty big discipline she quit her job tried to get her job back so she had a lot of issues, questions, and one of, the, one of the, the things was she didn't trust her ability to hear God through the word, and she didn't trust her ability of hearing God at all. And one of the things she took back was her dance with the word. So even if you don't feel like you're done with column one, that's okay. Um, at least start going on to column two now because I'm going to, we're going to do this, folks. Is there a reason why the columns just aren't swapped while one's on the left, yeah, two's on the right? Yeah, I was going to mention that. The reason why the columns seem backward, and you can put them any way you want, but I'm right-handed. So when I give something back, I do it with my right hand. When I take something back, I do it, I pull it to the left. And that's how it ended up that way. So if that doesn't make sense to you and you'd want to switch your columns, then there's just column one and column two. And in the future, you can do anything you want with your columns, okay? You are in charge. 
that's why that's a good question. I meant to bring that up because I thought to myself, I seem to be doing this backward, but it works subconsciously from right me, right? When you give back, you go like this, you go to the right if you're right-handed. You're just so advanced. You just <laughs> Okay, one more minute for your take backs. Okay, so now what I'm going to have you do is pair up with someone that you did not come here with, men with men, women with women, and you're actually going to do this together. So, so everyone find someone. Mr. Jokester here. I'll do that. Thank you. Okay, I'll, I'll instruct. Okay, so do y'all do y'all have a partner? So this is what I want you to do. Everybody, listen up. Listen up. Okay. The job. Okay, good. But the job of the facilitator, you're not doing ministry. You're just facilitating a process. So you get to ask him. <laughs> You get to, um, you're just going to start out here. Okay, let's look at column one. Who do you need to forgive? So your role is just really simple. Then, who, what do you need to give back? That's the only question you get to ask. What are you going to send back? That's all you get to do, okay? And then, okay, let's move to take back. What are you going to take back? And then if you're the person, just start with, in Jesus' name, I give back this. In Jesus' name, I send back this. It's really simple. We're not getting fancy here, okay? It's it just so rote, but it works, okay? So, so just keep it real simple. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no. Is, is there anyone that doesn't have a partner? Okay. One right here, one male. 
Okay. Um, can he go with you guys or? No? No? Okay. It's okay. Here. Here. That's no, okay. No, go, go with these guys. Hey, guys. No, come over here. You're gonna, this guy's gonna join you. Okay. Yep. Hey there. There's always an odd of each person. Oh, I'm gonna put you up here with Mary, okay? Is that okay? Okay. What's your name? What? It, what? Well, then I'll, I'll stay with you.
Okay, can you hear me? Okay, so if you haven't switched partners, you want to do that? How many of you are, have already gone through the process with the first partner? Way to go! You're awesome. You did it twice, just to make sure. No, I already know the answer. It's just so hard to get it back on.
Okay, everybody, we're going to start wrapping it up. So if you, ha if you haven't finished, talk fast, okay? Send it back fast. <laughs> yeah, send it back fast. And if you are done, then you can come back to your former seats. They're done. They look like they're done, but no one moved yet. Part of that, part of that question that I had was like, is there ever a time where you found it right that like, rather than a list of where I was wrong, a list of where I wrong? Like, I'm not just something I'm hooked, and other times I'm more on the hook. I don't know if you found that or if that mm -hmm. was something else. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll say that. Thank you. Thank you. Good clarification. Okay, everybody, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta get to power thoughts. Okay. Mary okay. Thanks for look like. Oh, okay. You know who she is? Amy no. Ackerman? Recognize her? I do, but I don't know where she's from. Probably short the Robin. Okay. Okay, everybody, let's wrap it up. Okay, um, how, how did that process go for you? We've got two mics, so raise your hand. Awesome, good, good. So Sean, can you get her a mic? Because I want to hear what was awesome. You just, you just nominated yourself, ma'am. I'm sorry, what am I saying? Well, you said it was awesome. T tell yes. us about, tell us what you experienced. Yeah, what was awesome about yeah, it? Yeah, so um, I don't have a business. I, I mean, my heart is to, is going in that direction so but what the Lord showed me is that my mom spoke some words over me years ago I was a music major loved it um, some things happened and she said to me you know I don't know why you ever went into music you weren't really that good now I I didn't I came into agreement with it because that's how I felt even with going through music college you know college and all so I came into agreement with it And so I, and so I haven't, you know, moved forward with my music. No, mm -hmm. I've forgiven my mom. I, I, I um, received the Holy Spirit in 2005, mm -hmm. and my life like majorly changed. And so I went through inner healing, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, so, um, but it's been in my heart to have my own business, wow. and um, and I've had people speak to me saying, "Damn, I just see you as a business owner. I've never seen myself as that." Ooh. So, um, so then I heard about this workshop, and um, I'm like, God, I don't know what it even looks like, but I just want to go. So tonight, when we were doing this, that I was able to forgive my mom once again and give back all the, you know, all the things that I came into agreement with. I gave it all back, or sent it to the pit, and and then. Um, and taking back, you know, even even recognizing procrastination, just because I haven't believed in myself and yeah. believed, you know, what God has for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
You got empowered for your future. I did. I did. <laughs> so, um, but it, yeah, I mean, this is so, so powerful. And um, I mean, I've got some things on my heart. I don't know what it all looks like, but God is saying, Pam, it's just one step at a time. Yep. And this is like yep. the beginning, yes. you know, yes. and taking back and binding and breaking that soul tie with mm -hmm. those things. And, you know, my mom didn't know what she was saying. And, mm -hmm. um, so, anyway, wonderful. I, Praise, I'm just the so Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Comment or question? It's a little different when you go through the process yourself. The Lord told me to allow ample time, so this is your ample time. If <laughs> yes, Shauna Britt, get to the mic. So in doing the process, I can think of a hundred other incidences I want to go through. And my yep. question is, once you get a breakthrough here, do you find that it kind of carries into other ones and you don't have to visit every single issue? Yeah, it really depends. It really depends on the person. And that's going to lead to something I'm going to, I was going to show you. Remember I talked to you about the, um, that's getting into our power thoughts things, but I want to show you this. Remember I talked to you about the woman who believes she heard God to go to Pakistan and, um, didn't go so well for her. She was young in the Holy Spirit, and she just wanted to obey God. You know, she just wanted to be the kind of person, if God says it, I'm just going to leap, okay? And, um, but she just didn't have the training to understand and to decipher and interpret and time and all those things that you usually learn from failure. And so, and anyway, this is now her husband. She's since got married. But when I first um, uh, asked her to do this, she made a mind map. A mind map is just kind of allows you to free flow. Um, if you're a real linear person, then you just would want to make a list, okay? But, but she had this disappointment of not going to Pakistan. And so this ties into your question about what if there's lots of stuff, okay? And so she broke it down into several categories. You know, no assurance of hearing God's voice. That was a major disappointment for her. You know, she, she felt totally disempowered from walking with God after that incident. She ended up depressed. She tried to get her job back. They wouldn't let her come back. So um, she felt like a failure and ashamed. She was depressed. She had a major disappointment again. She wasn't going overseas. Okay, so this woman's made to be there. Um, she was lost and directionless. She didn't trust herself. If you don't trust your ability to hear God, to make decisions, you're really powerless. Um, she didn't have a place to live. She had very per few personal belongings. She had sold everything or given it away. Um, she had no job, no income. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and she was living during a, we had a recession at the time. Remember, see that date? That was time of recession. And uh, Minneapolis is a big corporate town. We have a majority of Fortune 500 corporate headquarters there. So when there's a recession, there's just not a lot of jobs to be found. Um, and she didn't trust God either. So what she did was she actually did this process, this, what are we calling it? The breaking free method. Yeah, <laughs> the two column method, whatever. Um, she did that for every one of those categories. So I'm just gonna get, show you. Um, one was, she titled it, I'm not brave. I forgot to mention that to you, by the way. On your worksheet, there's a, a blank line at the very top. So see, it's a, that's for you to just title it with just a few words, what this is about. I didn't have you do this because usually if you tell people that and they'll spend five minutes just 
sharing those few words and you'd never get through the process, so I skipped it back then. But this is one, and so on the right side, you know, she just wrote, I'm not brave, I'm foolish. I've lost all my courage and should never try to take a risk again or try to step out in faith again. And that's what happens when we blow it. So she was just identifying that. I'm crippled with fear and cannot move forward. I'm stuck. I keep moving backwards, one step forward, two steps back. So again, Sean is a, someone who can intrapersonal, she can um, and, and identify her feelings really well, so she's a little more verbal. Um, and so, and then on the left side, I, I highlighted it in yellow, and this is exactly what she put together. So I just left it as it was. I am brave. God has made me and is continuing to make me brave and full of faith and wisdom. And so what she did is she found this little picture, which says, take my hand and walk with me from where we are to where we'll be. Love is a mystery. And so she found a picture that um, represented this for her. Okay, it was her marker. Remember when the tribes went across the Jordan, they, um, they each took a stone, right? It was their marker of what, of what God had done. It was their testimony. So sometimes you need to get yourself something that represents this breakthrough in your life. You need that marker. And so she had, this was one of them for her. Um, and then let's just go down on the left-hand side in bold. Only Jesus knows the gentle rhythms of his grace over the journey of my life with him as his beloved. I can dance with my lover Jesus and let him take the lead always. I trust he knows the best route for the journey he has um, that he and I are on. You know, so she's just using her heart language. If that's not how you speak, if you're just more kind of bottom line, then you wouldn't write something like that, okay? <laughs> it's okay. I just can't imagine my husband saying, baby, I just got to take back my dance with the word. You know, it's just not who he is. <laughs> and you'll see that tomorrow. Um, you know, and she said on the right-hand side, uh, her, this issue was this... Um, this worksheet she did, I have to stress, strain, and strive to hear God. On the right side, I was immature then in the Lord. I was naive. I was a toddler in the things of the Holy Spirit, trying to walk around wearing Holy Spirit big girl pants, not realizing I was swimming in them. <laughs> People love her example. Man, I got the tingles when I read that. Okay. Yeah, she, she actually did a, an online training with me. And then, um, and then I actually had her start to coach some of the people. And so what she took back, I'm maturing in the Lord instead of a failure. Okay, this is a good point. We tend to look at life as pass-fail. We tend to look at healing as pass-fail. If we're healed, we passed. If we're not healed, we failed. And I'm telling you right now, there's a huge group. I'm, just, I'm going off on something on a tangent just for a second. There's a huge group of people in the body of Christ, and, and, and I've been one of them who had different physical issues. We know we were healed. We've done looking at root issues, and we're not healed yet. Now, you might not have any of those people here, so maybe I'm just preaching to myself again, but this is what I saw. I saw a veil over a huge crowd of people in the body of Christ. They were under this opaque white veil, and they could see their healing but they couldn't reach through the veil and get it. And I had a revelation one day um, that healing, you know, when you think of it, there's various stages of sickness, various stages of disease. If we look at sickness as being a minus, you could be a minus one or a minus 10. Minus 10 is you're dead. 
for health, you could be a positive 1 to a positive 10. One part of your body could be a, ten, a positive 10. Another part of your body could be a minus 5, okay? The shame that was covering all those people was the thinking that healing is binary. Ones and zeros, you're healed or you're not. You failed or you, you passed or you failed. And when we allow ourselves the grace to have a journey into health, I saw that veil lift. So in Jesus' name, if you are carrying any of that shame, any of that condemnation, any of that feeling of judgment from people, because, you know, you're still not healed of that thing, we need to get you another appointment for healing, inner healing. You know what I'm saying? Then they start making assumptions about your life that you have all these problems, and you might not. I, you, God gave me an answer. It is so exciting. Okay, well, I can't get there yet, but I just want to let you know. <laughs> I will. I'll get into it with power thoughts. I'll use an example. So, but, but I saw that veil lift. It's not pass or fail. It's a journey. And you are free, and you are blessed of God to do that journey to the best of your knowledge and your ability. You are not inferior in Jesus' name. You are not second class in Jesus' name. You are not a second class citizen in the kingdom who cannot pursue your future because you're still dealing with this health issue in the past. You are free to move forward. God loves you as you are. He accepts you. He embraces you. We can give back what the church might think about us. Right? Right? I believe in healing. I believe in miracles. I believe God does it in an instant. And sometimes it's a journey. When we get into the power thought, I'll give you a nugget of what the Lord showed me. Okay? But let's get back to this. So the point here is Shauna made this personal. She used her language. And, and then it came alive. So let's just go back. Is there any questions, comments about the process itself? Nope. Yes. Sean. Vix. Vix. I'm not sure if this is about the process, sure. but for instance, with this, how long after that incident did she do the exercise? It was about eight years. Eight years. So it took three years to get her life back, get a job back, get a, an adequate place back. Um, so she was just in the wilderness. It was a really repressed economy. She was totally de depressed, felt totally like a schmuck. Um, and then I learned this process and got in touch with her and said, invited her to a training class I did. And um, for her, the two biggest statements of this whole thing, because, okay, I can go through all the ones. Oh, oh no, I, I have about 20 of those sheets for her. She just went wild with it. But she got so empowered. And the two big things for her was she took back her trust, her trust in the Lord, because she gave herself permission to be a toddler. And to have her big, uh, her, her, you know, her uh, be a toddler that was swimming in her diapers, okay? And when she gave herself permission that I'm just growing in the Holy Spirit, it wasn't a failure. I was, I mean, it, it was a failure, but she was just growing. You know, it's, it's similar when a child's learning to walk, they fall, right? They stumble. Do you know if they don't fall, they can't learn to walk. Falling, the act of falling and the act of learning to get up is what establishes the neural pathway in their brain of what is standing. They have to fall. It's part of the process. And so sometimes what we're taken back is that we're just in a journey. That this isn't pass and fail. And God is gracious. You know, what did he say earlier? I read it. He said, my, my mercies, 
Where's that? He said, my mercies are new every morning. Um, Great is my faithfulness. Why is my church looking back at their mistakes when I've already paid for their future? Why are my people stuck in the trash when I've designed them for greatness? Why are so few moving forward into what I've designed for each person, citing excuse after excuse? And I love this part where the Lord says, I am looking for people who run after their future. Slips and slides don't matter to me. Just keep moving. He doesn't have this expectation of perfection from us that we do. And we're, if we're in the body of Christ, we expect perfection of ourselves. Bam! I just got that boomerang thing again. I see my husband sitting over there. I'm thinking, he's thinking, is she hearing that? Is she hearing what she's saying right now? <laughs> Fortunately, he doesn't do that to me. But anyway, we do. We expect that. No, I, I said you don't do that to me, right? I didn't misspeak, right? Okay, good. I did, I, you know how sometimes you just miss a word, and, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I just totally said something about him that wasn't true. So, um, but... It, there's freedom to move. In, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. There's no, nothing there about being stuck and having our being. We get to move forward in our weaknesses, in our lack, in our naivete, in our fumblings and bumblings. Just get up and keep moving. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. The wicked are brought down by calamity. Of anyone in the world... You should be able to rise easier than anyone else. Isn't that what the blood's for? So let's give ourselves permission to rise again and to not be stuck in the past. Okay. Um, someone asked, uh, Sean asked a really good question. I want to make sure to hit on it. He said, what about a person who's already so in a victim state that they feel powerful in their victimhood. Okay? And they kind of wear it as a badge of honor. In fact, they love putting badges. It's like the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. They just keep adding badges to themselves. Look at me. I had this a terrible... Well, you don't understand my life. You don't understand how my husband was, you know, the one I divorced, or you don't understand my kids, or you don't understand the boss I had. Victimized people, victim mindset will blame and blame and complain over and over and over. So with a person who loves their victimhood, the question was, do you really want it to give them all this power by what they don't want? So this process might be not a good thing for that person. If they're not really willing to let go, I would go at it a different angle with them, and I would go at it from a different teaching I do called the currency of honor. Because the currency of honor is all about personal responsibility. And, and so you've got to know the right method to use at the right time. So I wouldn't further empower that. I would bypass it altogether and really point the finger at them. Um, you know, I love um, Paul's instructions in 1 Thess 5.14. He talks about three different types of people. The idle, and another word for idle is stubborn. The timid, and the weak. And he tells us to relate to those three types differently. For the idle or the stubborn, warn the idle. Warn the stubborn. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. We have to know where a person is at, and I'm telling you right now, it can only be done in the spirit. 
because sometimes someone on the top is they seem stubborn and rebellious and resistant and and that's kind of how Shauna appeared to people I didn't even know her at the time or let me say this differently she was an acquaintance but I didn't know her I knew her by name and that was it and um, I said to a different friend of hers because we're all concerned about her I said to her friend go talk to her uh, the missions committee at her church because they should be the ones helping her and so my friend went and talked to them and they all said yeah we're not comfortable with what she's doing but we also are absolutely getting the vibe that she doesn't want to hear from us right now so we've just chosen to pray for her and to be silent and so um, Shauna on the outside looked resistant looked like she needed a warning you know she needs a spanking or something um, what happened was I told this mutual friend I said bring her over to some night so she came over and she sat on this chair in my living room and I said Shauna I just believe in you I think you're amazing and God has so many wonderful things for you and I know you have such a passion for missions and you're just willing to go with God you want to run with God like I've just never seen before and I said um I said could I share with you some some things I've learned about hearing his voice so that you can reach this amazing future God has for you and she literally slid off the chair onto my floor and big alligator tears went down her eyes and she said I've not known how to ask for help she needed help not a warning there's some people with a pity spirit wah 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 it's all about me and they seem like they need help or they need encouragement and they need a warning so you have to get it by the Holy Spirit how to relate to different people and you can have a conversation with someone and I've done it and literally one minute you're warning and then that doesn't work and you go through the back door and you start encouraging and then go through the side door and you start helping and then you just kind of buy the spirit you're just all over the place but that's how you have to do to relate to them okay so again we have, we have to be sensitive um, to when we're supposed to use this process and when not and with who and who not okay um, so that's one point secondly before you go on and do this again I want to teach you about power thoughts okay so before you go and use it with another aspect of your life like this I want to teach you about power thoughts oops I forgot to go back I'm doing the wrong way Sean help <laughs> I think I might have shut it off or something I don't know okay oh wow we're at the beginning okay okay fast forward so we're talking about power thoughts and like I said earlier we focus a lot on our um, conscious mind that's what we think we're living by what percentage did I say we're living from our subconscious thoughts 95% you can just look up that and you'll see it confirmed in different places okay so our brain looks sort of like this every one of those lines is a neural pathway a neural pathway is a thought the more dominant the thought the more you think about it the longer it's been in your life the wider the pathway it's like a superhighway. something you don't think about very often it might be like a little trail okay so we literally can rewire our brain by what we think creates more pathways 
if we stop thinking about something, and, and there's a video, I was gonna show it, but then it, it was taken down from YouTube, but they actually showed a neural pathway being formed in the brain, and they, they had this person think of a thought, and it was just this little line that was just formed. It started in one place and connected over here. And then they showed another uh, example where a neuro neural pathway was removed, and the person, they, they interjected a, a new thought, and then the old thought just faded. That's how it's called um, elasticity, and um, our brains are, have, this, they have this ability. We're not stuck as much as we think. So we want to learn how to create the new thought. Now, this is the piece that was new to me. Um, Dr. Athena Stayek, a PhD, said, if you don't have the life and relationships you want, you likely do not have the thinking patterns you need to create the emo optimal emotional states and thus actions that would sustain your momentum in the overall direction of your aspirations. In other words, you have a thought, but you need an emotional spark for that thought to really move you into action towards your visions and towards your dreams. Or maybe it's to a new habit that you want to incorporate in your life because your old habit is messing you up. So what's that emotional spark? So that means you can meditate on, um, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it can be a rote thing, but if, unless there's a spark of that reality in your life, and by spark, I mean you want to get to a positive 10 emotional state, a positive emotional state at a level 10. Because you want that new thought, that new revelation, that new tr truth to be so infused with this positive emotional energy that it trumps the old thought. That's how it works. And we've almost been told to keep the emotion out of it, right? You know, memorize your Bible. I mean, I really kind of learned a rote way of memorizing my Bible. I knew all these verses, but I didn't have a revelation, and I didn't know how, how to create that spark. You want to know how to create the spark so that that thing can form in you and that you can start acting in new ways and start moving forward? Okay, I'm going to go back to healing. <clears throat> Some time ago, I had a problem with, I discovered it was my bladder, and it just hurt all the time. I didn't have an infection. There were no other signs or symptoms. Big. Okay, God's raining on that. <laughs> and, and so anyway, it just hurt. It kept me up at night. I prayed. Nothing happened. Had some ladies pray at, at church for me. Got some temporary relief. Met with a colleague, my favorite inner healing person. I said, we've got to see if there's some root to this that I haven't identified. I mean, this is ridiculous. It totally incapacitated me. The pain would come over, over me like a wave, and I wouldn't want to move. So I'm starting to feel like a schmuck because I'm not healed yet. And I asked the Lord about it. He said, you don't have a problem. Because I said, God, do I have a problem? I mean, is there some, am I just a total hypocrite? I mean, you know, you just get to this point where you're wondering. And he said, no, you don't have a problem. I'm going to give you a key. And this key will carry you through your whole life, and you'll be able to pass it on to others. So he told me um, to, oh, boy, I don't need to get into all this stuff. Um, what time? I want to be sensitive to, I'm sorry. Go, you're okay? Okay. This is, this is so, this is so good, y'all. <laughs> you don't want to get wet. <laughs> it's a way of, it's a way of avoiding the rain. <laughs> okay, you're, I'm, I'm leaving you hanging. Okay, okay. So he told me to tune in. Step number one, write this down. What is the emotion that that body part is feeling? 
This is so cool. I get to teach this. What's the emotion? And then um, I was to ask Holy Spirit what I was, what, what needed to be spoken over my bladder. And I heard two things, happy and strong. So I started speaking over my bladder. Bladder, you're a happy bladder. Happy, happy, happy bladder. We're happy, happy, happy. We're happy, happy, happy today. I'm, I'm treating my bladder almost like it's a little kid. And I'm encouraging, you're happy. And you're strong, bladder. You're so strong. You're so strong. You're so amazing. So I did that for a few days. And, and something about this condition I had was that if my bladder was the least bit full, there would be pain, okay? So Robert and I go on a flight, and I just got really thirsty, and I consumed almost 30 ounces of water. And I got on the plane, forgot to use the restroom, they closed the doors, and I go, oh no, because I've got this really full bladder, and it's really starting to hurt. Then we got stuck on the tarmac. And I'm thinking, oh no. Oh, no. It, typically, if, if, I, if I got stuck at all and I couldn't go to the bathroom, it would be a three-day flare-up. That means I'm not moving. I don't want to wear pants. I don't want anything touching me. Um, I don't want to move. I don't want to do dishes. I just want to sit. And I'm thinking, oh, no, this is really bad. And then um, we got stuck longer and longer and longer. And so I was a captive audience, and all I could do was speak happy and strong over my bladder. Now, I'm sitting next to people, so I did it all in my head. Happy bladder, we're happy, happy, happy. Look it, we're happy, yay, bladder. And I'm, this is what I'm doing. Just like I was with a little kid. We were stuck for an hour, <laughs> okay? So I'm doing this all in my head, and then I get to strong. Bladder, you're strong, you're strong. And all of a sudden, a vision pops in my mind. And I'm in some foreign country, maybe Africa or something. I'm riding in this open vehicle. It's a super bumpy road, and I've got to go to the bathroom but I can't because there's terrorists behind us with guns. And so this is my vision. And so we can't stop. So my bladder's got to be strong, right? So I'm, bladder, you're so strong. We're going into this territory. We're bringing the gospel. It's an adventure. It's dangerous. And you're so strong. You can kick butt in these situations, bladder. You are so tough. You don't need to stop. No, we're getting to our destination, and we're going to bring the gospel, and you can do it. You are so strong, bladder. Now, what happened, what had is all my head, okay, is God knew what are my core drivers that just give me a high. Danger, adventure, pioneering new territory, and bringing the gospel. I get, I get alive. I used to think I had a problem, and I just realized it's who I made to be. Holy Spirit knew that. He gave me a vision that would tap into my emotions and release a spark because now I need my bladder to be strong to do what I'm built to do. So I eventually get to use the restroom. In fact, I used it a few times because 30 ounces of water is a lot. And I went back to my seat. I had no pain. I was healed. I could tell you more stories, my ankle, my arm, just simple things, and tuning in to what it needed, what needed to be spoken to it, 
tune into the emotion of the body part, tune into your body, then ask Holy Spirit what needs to be spoken. I said, Lord, I know this is in your word. I can't teach it unless it's in your word somewhere. you got to show me how this is backed up. And one day he reminded me of a parable of the sower, the seed and the sower. And I thought, if salvation means sozo, then I'm good and I've got my verse. Parable of the seed and the sower, there's the seed. So we have seeds of faith that we release into our body for healing, do we not? That whole parable is about the different types of soil. The soil with the rocks, the soil with the weeds, the soil that's um, um, near the birds, so the, the seed gets picked away. But fertile soil, if you look up what fertile means, it's, it's handsome, it's abundant, it's flourishing. I mean, it's this really long list of what fertile means. And so my bladder wasn't fertile. My soil, the, my soil is my, my soul, my mind, uh, my will, my emotions, but my body too. Think of it, if you've got really hard soil and it doesn't have the right nutrients, you can put as much seed on that soil as you want. You can pray, oh, pray over and over and over for someone. That seed just sits there. Even if it does go into the ground, it can't grow up because it doesn't have the nutrients it needs to grow. So when he was having me tune into the emotions and then ask Holy Spirit for what words to speak into it, I was fertilizing my soil. I didn't have a seed problem. I didn't have a faith problem. I had a soil problem. And then I began to realize where some things in my body hadn't been able to leave because my soil had to be conditioned to let go. If you've got really hard soil, there's some spirits you can't, I'm, I'm telling you, there's some things you just can't take out of someone. If their soil is really hard, and we can begin helping people to cultivate their soil. Tune into the emotion. So um, I did this at our, our church, and I delivered this message. And uh, one man tuned into his pancreas. He was dealing with diabetes. Saw it as a black in color. Um, Holy Spirit told him what to speak over it. And he saw it change from black to red. And he asked his wife, who was a nurse, he said, what color should it be? And she said, pink. And so he already saw in the spirit the progression. Um, a woman that day got healed of a back issue, and there were other testimonies that came forth. One man had a lung condition, and his whole life, um, you know, he was told to take it easy and not push too hard with his lungs. And so his lungs had learned, his lungs had learned weakness and um, to being timid, okay? And so he started to speak courage over his lungs. Lungs, you're courageous. You can breathe. You're confident. You can go into places with smoke, and you're just fine, lungs. You're courageous. And so when we begin tending to our soil, that seed can come down and take root and grow a plant. So that's the, that's the, the, the fun healing story. So back to power thoughts. What transforms people when, is when they look at column two, and they identify, is there a word or a phrase, just a couple, that summarize your column two? For Shauna, it was brave and trusting God, okay? So then these are the ways. Uh, this is how you create a high emotional state to trump the previous negative state. One is we meditate on the word. We know to do that. 
but we've got to meditate on the points so we get a revelation, and then we've got to see that revelation lived out in our lives. And we've got to get so excited about that that we reach a positive 10 emotional state. This thing about just knowing the word isn't enough. It's got to be alive in us, right? The word of God is living and active, therefore it should produce something in us. So that's the kind of meditating on the word. So what you can do is create a video in your brain, just like the Holy Spirit gave me. If you're visual, if you're a seer, then, then creating a video of your brain, seeing yourself living out that power thought. If it's brave, imagine yourself going through the day. I'm brave when I go to work. Yeah, my boss brought something up with me I don't like, but I'm brave. I stand my ground. I listen respectfully. I honor, and I also speak up as the Lord would have me. I'm brave. What does brave look like when I go to my, you know, kids' little leave practice? And you start to see yourself and envision yourself through your eyes of faith, living the truth of the word. That's how you create a positive 10 emotional state, and that neural pathway is locked in. And the old just starts to vanish. And now we're living our future, we're living our future now. We're walking in our present, but we're already there, seeing ourselves as this transformed person. That's how you get to the subconscious. Repetition can do it. Some people, that's it. It's not really it for me. So you're going to find what works for you. Also, some people, it's a shout. And there's something about a shout that shifts. Yes, we can shift atmosphere with our shouts, but we can also make a big inroad to having that superhighway. And some people just need to shout it out. You're looking for the positive 10. You're looking to be crazy, wildly positive about this new thing. And if you don't get to be crazy, wildly positive, you know what's going to happen? You're going to slip back into the old mindset. It's really simple when we understand the subconscious aspect of it. So what I said, I kept saying, remember, everyone wants to do column one and get all this stuff out, you know, it's all the things that's been bothering me. Yeah, the person did this, the person did that. Yeah, I really screwed this up too. And, you know, they just love to do that. But the secret sauce is in column two because this whole thing is about a mindset change. I didn't teach you a deliverance process. I taught you a mindset shift. And this shift is what you need to move into your future. This shift is what you need to be confident these dreams that you have in you that you can begin taking those baby steps towards them. So you can think of how you think about your future. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Our dreams are wonderful and awesome. And you know why? Because they're in our future and we've not screwed that up yet. <laughs> It's, it's this pie-in-the-sky ideal world. Everything's perfect in our future. Have you noticed that? Who has a future that's filled with doom and gloom? Nobody. But we can't get there unless we identify the things that hold us back. I'm made to be a voice. My voice is made to go around the world. But there's some things that have held me back. So, you'll want to identify what's that thing, what are those things that keep cropping up, and it's going to be in your subconscious, why did I have this opportunity, but I shirked back from it? Why did I not follow through on what I said I was going to do? 
Why did I have this dream, but I wasn't willing to do the hard work necessary and doing the things I don't like to do to be able to do the one thing that I love to do? There's a why for that, and that why is in your subconscious. You can use this process going forward. You get stuck. You have a bad day. I went to have a conversation with someone, and it bugged me. Nothing was bad about it, but it bugged me. An hour later, I was thinking about it. I went over here, got out a sheet of paper. I give back this. I give back this. You know what I took back? I took back that I'm empowered to manage my phone calls. I took back that in the future, I can send an email and say, hey, can you tell me what you want to talk about? Because it was a conversation. Great guy. We love him. It was a conversation that was about two years too early, and I just didn't have an hour that day. And I just was frustrated. So then my frustration took up another hour. I, I just, it got under my skin. It was this stupid little thing. So I took back, you know, in the future with this person, I'm going to send a qualifying email. What would you like to talk about? And I'm going to manage my time. And when I took back managing my time, I felt empowered again. I wasn't stuck in regret. I had a way of going into my future. So the process can be used a lot of ways. It can also be used for just a season or time of your life that you had. And sometimes we get stuck in a season. And that season is no longer. And we need to identify and move over, shift over here. So it can be used for a lot of things. The more you use it, the more fluent you're going to be at it. It's going to be quick. I can pull this thing out. My journal is filled with the two-column process. It just, it just is because it just helps me to shift and move forward. But you have to use it, okay? And the more you use it, the more fluent you'll be. So um, identify the few words in your, in your column over here, your take-back column. That's your power thought, okay? Try to write that down. What it would, just take a guess at it right now. I want you to leave with it. Leave with what your power thought might be. You say, well, it might not be the perfect exactly thought that I'm supposed to have. That's okay. It's a thought. If it's positive, it's based on the word of God, you want it. Okay, just go with something right now. And then, I'll let you do that. I'll let you review your stuff. You're supposed to take a look at your take-back column. So all those, all those wonderful things you took back. And identify a few words or a phrase that summarize that for you. For Shauna, it was trust in being brave. For Ken, it was that um, Jesus was the source of his connections and funding. He put Jesus back on the throne. So in the f going forward, he's not going to be desperate anymore. Jesus is my source. He's going to meditate on that. He's going to imagine himself living out scenarios where Jesus is his source. He's going to create word pictures to that. He's going to get emotionally excited about that, okay? He's going to look for that spark, and it might not come right away. You might have to just kind of, you know, till that baby for a while, you know, until it just hits you one day and you're, yeah, 
yeah, you, you get this roar in you about this thought. You're looking for the roar. Whether or not you actually roar, you're looking for that time when ugh, everything in you just gets activated. Yes, this is me. This is what I have. This is who I am. That's what you're going for. You can do it through music. Um, I mean, there might be a special music that helps you with that. I encourage people to find a song that is a marker song for that season in life. Um, and, and if there's a scripture for you, but you got to imagine yourself living it. Repeat that thing. I am brave. I am brave. I am brave. Shout it out. But do what you need to do to get to that positive 10 emotional state. You might not be like me, so don't expect it has to look like me. If you're a more quiet person, your shout might be, man, God, yeah, I've got that. Thank you. And that's your positive 10 type of expression. Doesn't have to look like me. It shouldn't look like me. But it's going to, uh, it's going to get you inside. Yes, this is me. You've got that, baby. You've got a super highway in your brain. And that other thing will just vanish away. So do this. Just stay on this one. Don't go do a bunch of other breaking free methods. Just stay on one. Be successful with one. We usually take on too much. So those of you who want to do this, maybe you've had a major big issue. Someone asked me, well, what about, you know, 15 years of stuff related to a particular situation? Right now, just stick with this one thing, and you can always go back and, and do another um, breaking free method with it, okay? With another aspect of it. But just be successful with one piece. Just one piece. That's all. One piece. What would be really great is if in 21 days... Somehow you could just loop back with people and just how you're doing as a point of, hey, this is what we're shooting for, so three weeks from today, just somehow we can talk about that. But it, it gives us a marker, it gives us a goal. You know, hey, someone's going to follow up with me. There's a sense of accountability here, um, and so I'm going for it. Got it? Good. You've been awesome. I'm going to ask Jim to clarify something. Oh, yeah, get, let's let Sean give you a mic. Well, tomorrow morning, uh, I get a chance to be with you guys, and then Sherilyn about the midday again, and then we'll go early afternoon. So <clears throat> I encourage you, first of all, to come back. But what I want to warn you is she covered one topic tonight in about two and a half hours. We're going to probably cover 20 topics tomorrow in about four hours. It's a sample. So bring your tennis shoes, bring a bag lunch, you know, a couple of notebooks, and be ready to race. Because we're gonna try to we're gonna try to show you all if you want to own a business, we'll show you how to do that. If you want to improve your ministry, we'll show you how to do that. And and we're gonna do it in a very simple and easy way to understand so that you can have building blocks for your future. But I just wanted to just kind of prepare you that that if you thought this was a whirlwind, you know, but but you'll get it because we'll give you really simple things to build on. We'll start with this one thing, and when we're finished, it'll be victory. <laughs>